Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Outside your window may not be great right now, but what if everything was super? Well, that's the thing that we're talking about here on Post Show Recap. The Everything is Super podcast where we talk about all things superheroes, and right now, mostly talking about Marvel's What If on Disney Plus. And also, we'll talk about Shang-Chi from Marvel as well this week. I'm Josh Wiggler, and I'm joined here by a man who is always craving brains. Kevin Mahadeo. Kevin, uh, how you doing? Everything's I don't know. Good? I feel like I sometimes enjoy some grains. You also God, love... This is, this, yeah. this is so stupid. I can't believe we... This was a thing. Yeah. This this is... Oh, my God. I just love that the title of this episode is just, What If Zombies? It's, like, it is, it is yes. not even a little bit close. It is the best title for an episode of Marvel's What If yet. A hundred percent. It's great. It's fantastic. And honestly, one of the best episodes. Like, it is... It is easily one of the top. Can I let me. you in on my dirty secret? Every episode of What If has been great. Every episode, <laughs> of, every episode of What If is great. This show is great. Pound for pound, it's the best Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show. And I'm I'm uh, happily without question. I'm happily without saying question. that five episodes in, this is the best one yet. Uh, like oh, every yeah. episode, without, it's like a movie. Question. They're all really fun. They Some all have are a little tones. more fun than others. They all have different I tones. I love the different tones of it all. Like this one, especially. Like it's not like horror zombie. This was like a horror comedy, and like it really hit that level of it. It was I think, great. extremely well. I yeah. what what an episode. Just what an episode. I loved it. I loved it. Was, it. It's just it was a great time. A great time at the not the movies. Uh also a great time at the movies was Shang-Chi, uh, which is uh as we are recording these words, has been out in theaters for uh, a full week now. Um Kevin, you've seen it? Oh, I've seen it. Okay. It is, that would have been really awkward if you hadn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> It has beaten the crap out of the box office right now. Which is yes, it has. Uh, and I have contributed to that box office beatdown twice now. 
Saw Shang-Chi twice. Oh, wow. Look at you. Uh, you I've, beast I, of a human. I've, I am uh, I am four hours removed from viewing number two. That is how much I enjoyed that movie. Um, we are going to do that for the back half of the podcast. We will talk about Shang-Chi in full spoilery detail for the second part of Everything is Super this week. We will not give you uh, any spoilers in the front half because, of course, this is a theatrical release only as of this moment, uh, and many people cannot make it to the theaters or do not wish to go to the theaters, and that is for sure a million percent you're right. So we are uh, not going to do anything about Shang-Chi until the second half of the podcast. You'll have plenty of room to get out of here if you have not seen the film Yet, a uh, quick programming note, next week we're back, we're going to talk about What If Episode 6, but I've really been enjoying, Kevin, that we've been uh, like splitting the podcast into like a couple of different topics. That trend's going to continue. Next week on FX on Hulu sees the release of a new TV show that is based upon um, one of the comic books that I think if, if you are ever like slow dripping getting into non-superhero comics and you're like asking your comic book friend like what should I read very often this will be something that people recommend to you why the last man it is based uh it is a tv show that is based on the comic book by brian k vaughn and pia guerrera uh used to be uh vertigo comics it was vertigo comics it's not a thing anymore it used to be that vertigo comics if it came from there you should probably at least give it a shot really really great imprint that sadly no longer exists um and it is a show that takes place in a post-apocalypse where everybody with the y chromosome is gone except for uh two uh, they say, why the last man? But there's also a monkey. Uh, yes. so, well, he is the last man, man. Mans aren't monkeys. What planet are you living on? Um, of the apes? I'm not <laughs> trying to get into Planet of the Apes talk too early on the podcast. Let's put a pin <laughs> in that and save that for the back half, which I guess is the slightest Shang-Chi spoiler that it has something to do with Planet of the Apes. Uh, they are not, there's no Statue of Liberty with, uh, with, I don't know whose face on it that you have to worry about by the end of Shang-Chi. Uh, but we're going to talk about Why the Last Man next week. It premieres next week on FX on Hulu. Kevin and I will watch the premiere. We will talk about it. So there will be spoilers for the premiere of Why the Last Man next week. Uh, Kevin and I will get into it. So that's going to be a really fun time here on Everything is Super. As always, get your feedback in super at postshowrecaps.com. You can also tweet at us at roundhoward at Kev Mahadeo, or you can hit us up in the Post Show Recaps patron discord uh, at the at the $10 level for the Patreon for Post Show Recaps, patreon.com slash Recaps, And of course, obligatory reminder that at that $5 level, you get all of the podcasts that are in the Post Show Recaps patron feed, including YA, uh, in which Kevin Mahadeo and Melissa Woodward talk about young adult franchises currently all in on the Hunger Games, Catching Fire just came out, Kevin. Oh, we are we are so on fire right now. We are just ablaze. Uh, yeah, you we just did a you fire. did a three hour podcast three about hours. Catching Fire. <laughs> it's okay because it's the longest movie, but it's also the best one. So like, there's a lot to say, and I'm excited about going into the next one because I haven't seen the Mockingjays nor read the book. So this is my first time reading the book and watching the Mockingjay movie. So I'm going in. Uh, kind of blind on this one, so it's going to be really fun. Uh, so check that out. If you're into The Hunger Games and if you want more Kevin Mahadeo, I know that the answer to both of those things for you is yes. Patreon.com slash recaps. Just at that $5 level, at that base level, uh, you will get those podcasts. By the way, if you sign up for the Post Show Recaps Patreon, uh, you now get a welcome sticker. 
Isn't that cool? That's you get, right. a, little, you yeah. get a little sticker that says, hey, how are you? How's your day going? It doesn't say any of that. It's just it the poster that's a recaps lot. That's a lot logo. for a sticker. The sticker <laughs> is just the poster recaps logo. It doesn't say, how's it going? But like you can imagine what it might be like if it did. Uh, so I mean, hey, times. how are you? How's it going? Is a pretty solid sticker. I mean, Maybe I'm in gonna, the future, it'll be, uh, it'll be an option. We do have a sticker of the month club at the $15 level. Uh, myself, Jess Sterling, and Shauna are working on the stickers for the sticker of the month club. And I think maybe the hey, how are you? How you doing sticker uh, has just made it on to the list uh next year uh next year next month is the one year anniversary <laughs> of the post show recaps patreon program feels like a year away uh so you can get in now before all the cool stuff that we are going to start doing next month on the patreon all right all of that said kevin it is time let us talk about what if zombies, zombies? <laughs> I just, when I saw that, because you go on to Disney Plus and like you've got all the titles and it's, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead mm. of his hands? It's like, ugh. I'm not going to, like, that's not, you know, I was going to say, I'm never going to remember that, but I just did verbatim. Uh, and it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. But what if zombies is just exactly what you want? It is. You know what you're getting so in ex- for. Yeah. It's- it tells you exactly what you're doing. Yeah, and it's I love that it's the second episode where it's just like once again this is all Ant Man's fault. <laughs> this is all <laughs> Hank Pym's doing. I love that twice now in this. Is series. this is this building towards something, Kevin? Are we um genuine question? I know we want to get into zombie stuff. Are, first. are we going to see Hank Pym break bad? I mean, way? we kind of have already, right? Like we saw <laughs> Pym break bad in uh in the one where all the Avengers die, and now in this one, all the Avengers die as well, and it's again Hank Pym's fault because he goes into the quantum realm and brings back Janet with the quantum realm zombie disease. So I guess like a two pronged question, Kevin, is are we building as we are also dealing with multiversal stuff, and we know that in Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, Kang is going to be involved. Kang, who we now know of thanks to Loki is out there causing all kinds of multiversal uh, madness. Are we going to get into some sort of multiversal shenanigans in Quantumania where we're going to find out that like a Hank Pym for all seasons is bad. Uh, Really we're dealing with like (laughs) the good Hank Pym is like our Marvel cinematic universe prime, but otherwise like the universe is like pulling him to be either like a bad guy or at least a problematic character that's the- I mean, first of all, let me just say, like, I don't remember if I said it on that, that podcast, but, like, you read the comics, Hank Pym is perpetually, like, one step away from being just full lunatic. Yeah. Like, he is always right there. So it's hardly, like, a surprise or a shock when these things happen in other universes. Or, like, something like this where it's, like, a mess up and he's just like, ooh, you really probably should have checked out, like, from a distance and been like, that's a zombie version of my wife. But, yeah. no, Hank is too lost in his own head. Um, so yeah, uh, it would not be like a big shock to me if he turns out to be like a not great dude. It's Quantumania. Especially because one of the things he's known for with his wife in the comics is not yes. great. Yes, he's like known for like an infamous act of, uh, of like domestic violence, uh, yes. is like what Hank Pym is like known for. Uh, Hilariously, she was possessed at the time. Um, <laughs> and then people are still like... That happened, and at one point, Reed Richards definitely smacked Sue, and she was not possessed at the time, but nobody talks about that one, and it's uh, so weird. Wow, yeah, well, I think because, like, if we have to confront what's happening in Marvel's first <laughs> family, 
you know (laughs) we can't we can't go there uh so i wondered though like are we building towards like uh like is there going to be something in ant-man and the wasp quantumania where like hank pym's a bad guy and like we have to like deal with that so that was thing one thing two is the zombie virus that plagues what if zombies stems from the quantum realm kevin will ant-man and the wasp quantumania secretly be a zombie movie God, I mean, that would be something. I don't know how it could top this zombie movie because this was this was so well done. Like, it had the comedy, but it also had like so much of the zombie tropes to the point where like I'm yet where we were yelling at the screen at certain moments to be like zombie rule number one: if someone gets bit, you shoot them in the face. <laughs> like it, the fact that they were debating that was just a lot in there. Um, you know, this one episode I think is better and does a great job compared to ten seasons of Walking Dead. Because I'm gonna sh- shoot fires at Walking Dead as much as you I don't can even you never even watched The Walking Dead. I saw three seasons. I don't believe that at all. You made it. <laughs> Three, three seasons, seasons of three The Walking Dead. Three seasons of that show. I don't buy a that. lot. I don't buy a that. A lot. Ugh. I don't buy that you were watching more than maybe the first season, Kevin. You didn't no, make I it to Herschel's Farm and you're like, this is this is something that I'm going to continue watching. It was so long. I made it to the, the, the just... I remember the specific point in it, too, where it was the, what, the mayor, the governor... Just the opens, governor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Opens fire on all those people, and the two other people who have guns in their hands are watching him do this, and are just, like, shocked. And are just like, I guess we should just follow him. I'm like, you could just shoot him. Like, you have, you both are holding guns. His back is to you as he mows down your, you know, not zombies, but other humans. Just shoot him right now. But instead, they're just like, I, I guess we can do My nothing. God. And I'm like, uh, I'm out. I'm Kermit? done. Kermit? Was that done. Yoda? Yes. Uh... Even Kermit and Yoda are just like, take him down, you must. No, I don't know. Nothing. He's pretty strong. Um, <laughs> Kevin uh, ranting about The Walking Dead is a podcast that we should definitely do at some point in time. <laughs> Kevin, at some point, if you behave badly, we should punish you by making you watch Walking Dead episodes and podcasting about that. Jesus, that'd be so brutal. Yeah. That'd be so... Oh, yeah. I don't know what the mechanism is for that but we will we will get there um this is a zombie movie it's classic right like it's you know a ragtag bunch so like it's sort of like it's not like exactly like an odd bunch here in the marvel cinematic universe but the people who we're dealing with it's like it's not quite earth's mightiest heroes right some of the avengers for sure but we've got like we've got hulk we've got spider-man um we've got the wasp you've got okoye like these are like you know powerful people you've got bucky how dare you forget kurt how dare you i was just about to say and then you've got happy so happy you've got happy and you've got kurt uh you've what got a kurt. great combo with that uh, i love it so much you've got kurt not even lewis you've got kurt uh, because he's the one who tells you all about Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Uh, I love it. It's it's got Happy Hogan going blam blam. <laughs> the blam the blams are so good. Uh, but it's great to have Kurt here, uh, David Dasmalshian, uh, aka Polka Dot Man from uh, the Suicide Squad. Uh, so re- it was really fun to see him on board as one of these people as like. partly kind of like the mythology mover right like understands like uh like sort of like where the boogeyman comes from so having that element uh in like this like sort of like scooby gang of sorts i think was really good even though peter parker is giving you sort of like the the jesse eisenberg style zombie land introduction to how you should go up against zombies in uh in the mcu i love that really fun time it was just really great fun sequence with that like there's so much in there because it starts off 
you know, kind of serious. But once it gets going and once you have Bruce Banner basically just being like, oh, God, don't eat me. Oh, God, don't eat me. Like over and over again, you're just like, oh, they're doing comedy. And then when they do the intro with Spidey doing, like you said, the Jesse Eisenberg in Zombieland, right? Like with the diagrams and everything, it's just like, oh, yeah, they're doing full horror comedy and really hitting the notes, I think, extremely well. All while horrific stuff does happen in here. People people die pretty brutally. Um, yeah. There's some dark stuff that goes down. Yeah, um, there is. Uh, there are there are a lot of difficult uh, difficult deaths to to deal with in this one. Whether it's like having to watch Bucky like split Steve Rogers in half uh, and throw oh, him man. off a train. Guess that this is the end of the line. Uh, yeah, I yeah. As soon as they're on a train, I'm like, ooh, end of the line. <laughs> uh, or whether it's seeing. T'Challa again. It's like, oh my god, I, I was yeah. not expecting to get more, and so I was really happy to get more. And then, like, I, th- that was like beat one, and then beat two was like, but Vision cut off his leg and fed it to Wanda. Yep. <laughs> you know? it's yep. Like, oh my god. Yo, if any, between WandaVision and this, those two have a problematic relationship. It's not healthy. They are way too codependent on each other. And like, if anything, like, I don't want to be like, it's good that the original Vision is dead, but like. Holy crap. It's kind of like, good that the original vision not is not healthy. Not healthy, yeah. this relationship with these two. They need, um, they need to individual therapy. My my question is, who uh, who treated people worse? Uh, Wanda in pursuit of uh, keeping Vision alive in WandaVision or Vision in the pursuit of keeping Wanda, quote unquote, alive in What If Zombies? I mean, both are pretty, pretty bad possibly vision feeding people to zombie water not good how much yeah like that's that's pretty terrible but hey at least with vision there were some consequences to his actions where he literally ripped his own mind stone out and then it just puts off was, over to a cabin that was wild uh yeah he did just, like i mean if he had been able to do that the entire time why did he traumatize wanda into doing that to him in avengers infinity war shouldn't because he have just ripped his own thing out but ripping it out doesn't matter. She was destroying the stone. Like, she shattered it. That was what she was doing. Yeah, but maybe it would have been a little easier for her to shatter the stone if he has removed it from his head and now, like, you know, like, well, that part's done. Uh, so, like, you know, breaking the stone shouldn't be much, you know, too too much further. Like, you know, like, asking her to, like, blow up the stone while it's still in his head may have been too much to ask. That would have probably been a lot, but then she also would have like stared at his dead body, so it would have been a been a rough either way, I think, for her to to accomplish that goal. Yeah, um, I love that this is set during Infinity War. I love that Marvel Zombies, yes. uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Zombies, is an Infinity War set event because I think it leaves us with like a really fun group of characters. I love that like. Um, some of like the core Avengers are uninvolved because like the thing that needed to happen to rally everybody back together, like before Thanos shows up is like the, uh, the arrival of zombies is such a catastrophic event that all of that civil war bullshit had to be reconciled, uh, so that Steve and Tony could get back together again. But yep. that, but that, then tiny Ant Man just nibbling on Steve's neck. What an image that was! <laughs> that was incredible. Uh, that was really, really amazing. So I guess like uh, Steve managed to get out of the every Avenger gets killed, Fury's six gets killed except for Steve. He got out of that one clean. 
but they got him for Marvel Zombies. Uh, but oh, that's yeah, twice they... we've seen Tony die. Tony's <laughs> died twice. Hawkeye's died twice. Uh, uh, Thor, Thor was uninvolved. I was surprised. Yeah, Thor was not involved in yeah. this, which was interesting. So who knows what's going on? Maybe they saw what was happening. And it's just like, nobody go to Earth! If it was an Infinity War situation, then Thor is with at least some of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but like they aren't with like Doctor Strange and Iron Man and Spider-Man in space. So that battle on Titan probably plays a lot faster in favor of Thanos. So yeah. probably like all of the Guardians of the Galaxy are dead, except for maybe Thor, Groot, and Rocket, because they're well, all who together. Knows what really happens? Because when they show the thing at the end, right? Thanos has the gauntlet, but he's also a zombie. So at some point, Thanos came in and just got like nibbled on, I guess. And now we got zombie Thanos to worry about. Yeah, but we should be very worried about zombie Thanos because, like, now not only is he going to snap half of existence uh, away, but he's also going to bite whoever's left and turn them into flesh-eating monsters. Because zombies the- feels like a like an end case scenario, though, right? Like, unless it goes off planet, which maybe it can now that he has the the gauntlet, because like maybe his motivations have changed and his snap isn't about that. Maybe his snap is to go get more food from other planets and. Sp- spread this zombie disease right because like otherwise if it's just contained on earth like there's an end game to zombies like once they conquer earth and earth is only zombies they're just gonna all die out because they'll have no food right. um so like there's always like that end case scenario but with thanos and opening up the space now we have a whole other horrible horrific situation but there's no happen. reason to think that that's not how it would go uh, because uh, we're seeing the that the treatment of zombies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe via What If Zombies is that if they don't exactly remember who they were or what they're all about and who their friends are, or at least like the need to eat people is a stronger desire, they still have like access to their stuff and they still yeah, know how crazy. to use it. Yeah, that's the horrifying part. That was the part two when... Uh, when 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 hope got scratched that we were just like okay if you're not gonna shoot her in the head at least remove the costume like get, get the power set away from her i like that they gave us a reason and i appreciated that right that it wasn't completely stupid that there was a reason that she had to have the suit on because she was carrying them across right. the, the zombie horde so i liked that but of course like disaster strike right because the moment she goes down and she's still in the suit you're like this is gonna be bad later on yeah. I do love that she just she just tosses one of the zombies at the ship after they get away and just like clunks onto it and falls off. I thought it was very funny. I definitely thought it was going to end up being worse than what it was. Like I definitely thought that like Hope would have had would have caused like even more chaos than she ended up causing. Uh, and I was ready to be like, well, you know what? Then they all deserve it. Everybody who she's destroying right now deserves to be destroyed because they should have known that leaving a gigantic Hope Van Dyne like with her brain intact was going to result in this. Yeah, this would uh, be a bad plan, yeah. So like it actually ended up being like, you know, the show I feel like the narrative does them does them some favors. Uh so so that's fine. Um Sharon Carter is also part of this power uh crew. Power I think you broker mean the crew. power broker? Yeah, yeah, I think you mean the power broker, Sharon Carter. When she showed up, I was just like, "Oh, look, it's a power broker." <laughs> she just. seems like she's she seems like she's uh, she's fine. This is like pre breaking uh, Breaking Bad for Sharon. Uh, yeah, because no, that happened like during the snap, right? Yeah, so. yeah. So she has yet to snap herself. 
um, of the of the crew that we get uh, being, you know, sort of like we're led into the Marvel Zombies stuff via Bruce Banner. And I think like Peter does a lot of the heavy lifting. Did you have a, a favorite character or a favorite set of characters in this episode that oh, you man. particularly enjoyed following? That's really tough. I really liked all of them. I mean, Kurt was always just fun to see because I think like he's just such a unique Ant Manny character. Uh, Paul Rudd showing back up as as Scott, I think, was very fun, especially when he gets the cape. Um, obviously, following Spider Man, I think, is such a great idea as a, as a POV Hope character because like that's like his deal. I really love that exchange with him and Hope about smiling. I thought that was really good. Like honestly, all the characters were solid. Even Bruce Banner, I, I really liked. And we don't know where it ended for him, right? Because like we didn't see him get turned. And like when the zombies tried to bite the Hulk before, they couldn't. So there's a there's a pretty solid chance like he's still kicking, um, which I think could be fun. Do we think that we're we gonna we get didn't a even see Bucky die? Right? He just got tossed. No, yeah, Bucky like kind of like does his last stand. I'm gonna hold it down. Uh, and like he and Wanda kind of have like a moment that sort of mirrors. Uh, when, uh, oh, no, it's a different character. It's, it's poor Hawkeye. I'm trying to take like the one thing yeah. away from Hawkeye. The one, the one thing Hawkeye, the one thing Hawkeye <laughs> has when he and Wander together at the end of Endgame. I was trying to give it to Bucky, but no, that's a Bucky thing uh, or yep. a, a, a Hawkeye thing. Um, yeah, we just see him like taking a stand against Wanda. That's effectively it. I feel like yeah, and she well, she, she like tosses him. She like uses her her powers to, like throw him, and then we don't. Winter Soldier's powerful and has uh, survived falls from great heights before. So yeah, uh, you know, I think it could be it, it it could be that he makes it out. But there's also so many other different characters that are out there that have not been uh, shown in the Marvel Zombies mode. That if we were to get a sequel, I would really be curious to see like. Nick Fury, Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, Captain Marvel is a big one. You know, like Captain Marvel versus a bunch of zombies. Like, I don't love the zombies' odds, to be honest, because she's so powerful. Yeah, they're not great. It would be like, yeah. And that's, I really liked also, like, Hulk going against Wanda as well. And, like, we don't ever see the resolution for that fight because I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the Hulk especially possibly able to take a stand against her. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a really fun, great episode. Like, the show just... This show is just awesome, man. I it's it's provided me all the things I want and and more. The only sad part is that there's only four more episodes left. Uh, wow, is that really it? I guess that this yeah. is. A, uh, no, we've got five more, right? It's a ten episode thing. This was nine episode. episode. It was it was gonna be ten, and then they is cut it, it down to nine. What? Yeah, Are you serious? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. What? No. <laughs> no. No. There's only a few more. Oh, no. It concludes on October 6th. No. I don't like that at all. Oh, man. Well, what are we going to talk about? Uh, you know, <laughs> figure it out. Oh, well, you know what? I think it'll be Venom season right around then. So uh, let man. there be carnage. <laughs> God, I... <laughs> I'm so because like look, I've seen the first Venom. No, we'll I don't deal with it. We'll it. deal with it. It's fine. But it's Woody fine. Harrelson does make me want to watch it because I'm like, yeah, this is Woody Harrelson. I do like him. Kevin, uh, I do, we're gonna we're gonna end up doing like at least some Venom podcasting, even if it's like back half of an Everything is Super episode. But it <laughs> it, it, it is gonna happen. I'm gonna go see it, so we'll we'll have to talk about it. Um, I loved Spider-Man in this a lot. I thought that that was really really great. Uh, I just enjoyed his entire presence. Um. It was not Tom think, Holland, but I whoever was did ask, the voice. Do you think it's not Tom Holland uh, because of Sony stuff? Mm, no, because like there's only so much uses they can have from him, right? So like I wonder if it is like part of part of the the deal situation that they couldn't use him even if he had time, much less also filming, you know, um, uh, Far From Home, not Far yeah. From Home, Hope, 
No way home. No way home. Too many homes. No way home. Yeah, no way home. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's if that's why. Maybe um, the person who voices Spider Man is an actor, Hudson Hudson Thames. Uh, what has he done? Has he done things? I remember looking up, and he didn't really do anything. He's like in one episode of Mad Men and some other stuff, but it wasn't a ton of things from what I saw. Okay, well, good for him. You know, it's just fantastic. Uh, yeah, he did a great job. He did a terrific job. Uh, just an absolutely spectacular job. Uh, it was uh, it was really really great. I know that uh, speaking of spectacular, there were a lot of people who thought that the guy who did the voice acting of Spider Man for the spectacular Spider Man cartoon that is very beloved by people, but unfortunately I missed because I was not of age for that show. I don't think um, just missed my zone. Uh, they thought that he was doing the voice, but he was not doing the voice. Uh, and then that actor Josh Keaton had to like be on Twitter being like. I was so sad because I couldn't say anything, and I'm not him. It's not me. So yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it'd be hard to to do to cross those streams, right? Because like technically, these are all separate Marvel universes. So totally understandable why they probably didn't use him on that one. Most of the of the people in this episode, though, I think were the actual voice actors. It's it's for were sure all... Favreau. Like that is oh, that, uh, that is yeah. John Favreau for sure. I paused it. I think it's all of them except for Spider Man and then the one Captain America line. But I think everyone else was there. It was Van yeah. Lily. It's it Van was Paul Camp. Rudd. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were yeah. all there for that, which was which I think is great. Like yeah, once once I heard the voice, I was like, oh that's Favreau for sure. Yeah. I love that we both were just like that was the guaranteed one. Yeah. Week. You recognize without question. What did he say? I'm not. What is his shirt? I'm not married. I'm saving. I'm not a virgin. I'm saving myself for Thor or something like that. Was something on his like shirt. that? Yeah, uh, it was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, I would say that. Uh, and I will. I will defend uh, Evangeline Lilly until my dying day, at least as far as being an actress is concerned. Uh, and I. Oh, think for sure. <laughs> if there's any issues with Kate on Lost, it has very little to do with her performance. That being said. I think it was through Hope Van Dyne in this episode that for me it was like the most obvious that like uh, some of these people were recording their lines in like different means than other people. Like clearly, <laughs> like some people were in like the booth uh, recording yeah. their work, and then other people it sounded like voice memos on their phone. And yeah, eventually, got, Lily got like, work with what they got to work with, man. She sounds like pandemic. She, was, she sounded like she was recording in like an echo chamber. Uh, it was like that was the one that like felt the most like she's calling from inside a tunnel. Uh, <laughs> the call was, is coming from inside from the house, from inside the tunnel. Um, have you um, have you done the Robert Kirkman? Um, speaking of Walking Dead, the Robert Kirkman Marvel Zombies comics. Like, are you like super deep in those? Uh, not super deep, but when they came out, I read them as they were happening. I actually read the original appearance, and I, God, I think I still have it. I have the first appearance of the Marvel Zombies because it was in a crossover Ultimate Fantastic Four. I want to say it was not a crossover, two part Fantastic Four issue, Ultimate Fantastic Four issue, um, in which the zombies were first introduced, and I believe I still have those two parters. I'm trying to remember if Kirkman himself wrote that. Um, but then he, they did the spinoff series, Marvel zombies, which spun out of that, um, appearance. Yeah. Uh, but it was really fun cause it was touted as like Reed Richards meeting Reed Richards. And you think it's the Reed Richards from this universe that he's meeting from the 616 universe. And then the big twist is like, no, it's zombies. Yeah. Uh, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that happening at the time and I bought those comics as they came out and I'm pretty sure I still have them. Uh, bagged and boarded some way. I'm sure they're worth like five dollars now. So that's you know, fine. Real profit. It's five dollars <laughs> more than you currently have. Um, it's true. 
uh, I bring it up because Topher in the Potion Recast Patron Discord uh, had uh, had said something uh, that caught my interest, where he said that he was like very impressed with some of the ways in which this was a lot like the comics. That like something surprising from the comics made it into the show. So I asked him, "What was it? Was this, what was the surprising thing?" Uh, and Topher said that uh, the whole bit about T'Challa being used as food. Um, it was not Vision and Wanda in the comics. Uh, Tover says, I'd have to flip through my Zomnibus when I get home. Uh, but I want to say it was Ant-Man that was saving him for food. Um, Tover then adds that one of the things that I'd hoped for was that in the comics, the zombies are sentient. And when they are hungry, they go mad and eat. But once their hunger is satisfied, they then come back to their senses and have to cope with how they just ate people, such as Spider-Man eating Aunt May and Mary Jane and then having to deal with the trauma that comes from eating your closest family member in a fit of zombie rage. Correct. Kevin, that's, that did, that a, that's a thing? That's definitely happened in the book. I that's remember crazy. The, yeah, him eating Aunt May and Mary Jane. Uh, that's how Reed Richards was able to communicate, if I'm not mistaken, with the ultimate Reed Richards was because he, he was zombified, but uh, he had his cognitive uh, senses about him at the time. Oh, my God. That's and wild. I believe the ultimate I believe the Marvel zombies happened because of Wanda. I think I think she accidentally caused it. If I'm, uh, I could be classic off on Wanda that, stuff but, yeah. that feels classic that, Wanda. <laughs> it feels like something uh, that would be right. Uh, just getting into a little more feedback. Josh Lemur uh, writes in and says, um, Scott Lang in the Futurama jar was a little bit too camp for me. Uh, really didn't work. I loved it. Don't understand the point of it narratively, and it kind of took away from the stakes and grimmer aspects of the tone. Happy to see Scott and to hear Paul Rudd, uh, but it would have been better if he was just there normally with a full body. Kevin, you disagree. You liked it that he was... I disagree. Was, I liked it because, yeah. again, it's, 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 a, it's a horror comedy, and it leaned more into the comedy than it did horror because we kind of got the horror of the previous episode, right, with the Doctor Strange stuff, the, like, you know, tra- traumatic horror. Um, so I like that they, they went a little bit uh, off the walls with this because that's where zombies are headed. I think even in a narrative sense, I think a lot of horror is he- heading into comedy territory, especially overdone horror like zombies, um, to like bring a little bit of levity and lightheartedness to it. We've sort of had 10 years of The Walking Dead's grim darkness of the, like the world sucks and zombies are terrible and humans are the real monsters. So having more of the comedy aspect, I think, works in this in, in this context. Yeah. Um, we got this from Scott Shupak, who asked, did Tashala's logic save the day once again? Uh, Scott specifically means, did Tashala get vision to reverse his logic as it pertained to Wanda? Are we once again seeing that, um, Black Panther was not only able to convince Thanos to not wipe out half of the universe and to abandon that plan and uh, pursue a nobler path, Kevin, uh, but that he also was able to get Vision to stop feeding his friends to Wanda. I mean, sure, but he still, like, didn't stop her before he ripped his <laughs> Mind Stone out, <laughs> which I understand, like, the Mind Stone is, like, the thing yeah. that they're just, like, we need that to, like, to hold his horde back. But, like, both of this happened because, like, neither him nor Wanda could accept the, that the other died, both WandaVision and this. Uh, so, like, you know, again... These two with their traumas are are, are, are a lot. Yeah. Uh, This is great. From my good friend, Sam Moore. Uh, I'm not supposed to publicly state that I I actually consider Sam a friend, so I just uh, broke character a little bit. But from from, from Sam Moore, uh, Sam says, Please make sure to discuss how you cannot take a train from Grand Central to New Jersey. 
This is a complete lie and throws off all the believability this show has built up over the last four weeks. While I would love to travel more from Grand Central, I'm stuck with shitty old Penn Station, and this show is just rubbing salt in the wound. That was so, Sam's feedback for yeah, this episode so of What If. <laughs> point to that, though, right? Like, I, I think, I actually think that there is a reasonable explanation to the change in that uh, this takes place way after the Battle of New York, in which Grand Central Station did suffer a serious uh, attack, as probably did Penn Station. So I think having actually extended lines, plus you have people like Tony and stuff financing the damage that was done to New York you know, during that, you could end up with a lot more efficient train systems that could run from Grand Central to uh, Jersey. So, like, you know, not out of the realm of possibility. The Marvel Universe is the better version where you don't have to keep hearing about the two train that will never happen. Did the two train happen? I think one of the trains happened recently after I left New York. But that was, like, a good six years where they're like, this train line's coming. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, what anyway. if the New York uh, MTA got their shit together? Uh, <laughs> There's no universe, sadly. It's implausible. (laughs) That one just doesn't exist. Uh, uh, The Great Tessa uh, has two words uh, in reaction to this week's Marvel's What If, and they are Wingardium Leviosa. (laughs) Just magic? (laughs) Well, that happened. Uh, Someone, I forget which character says that, but one of the characters just likes, I I feel like it might be a Scott Lang line where he's just like, Oh my God, I missed it completely. (laughs) That's amazing. I missed it completely. (laughs) It was great. It was really, really great. Uh, This was Jared's favorite uh, episode so far to close this out. Jared said, my favorite so far. I loved every second of it. By far the best balance of humor and serious and sentimental moments and a perfectly done representation of Peter Parker. Where would this it's, episode rank for you? Pretty high up it's there? It's up there. Because, yeah. like, I, I still think Star-Lord You're such Lord a horror T'Challa, guy, too. Yeah, so, like, it worked for me. Like, I think Star-Lord T'Challa is number one. I think tied at two, that'll fluctuate, is the um, Avengers All Dying and the zombie one, I think, are there. And then probably uh, Agent Carter and then probably the Doctor Strange one is probably where it ranks out for me. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of where I would place this one. The problem is they're all so fun. I'm just They're all I'm, great. Uh I'm I Except really, that Doctor Strange one wasn't as good. I will no, stand I by really that, I but. still really liked it. I, I think that they're all I think that they're all really good. I don't know I don't quite know how to parse them out yet. I still think Captain Carter's probably right at the end for me, but like that is really barely saying anything because I still very much enjoyed that one. Um did you have a favorite kill, Kevin? Oh, for sure. It was uh, Sam Wilson getting split in half. That was wild, yeah. <laughs> that was wild. Like When that happened, I was like, oh, damn. Well, that was one of those moments where it was like, well, if they find a cure, not everyone's getting cured. <laughs> no. Listen, uh, you got to do what you got to do here to survive the zombies. You can't, you can't, again, put it on the hope that, like, <laughs> we'll get a cure eventually. Let's leave them alive for now. I Especially loved the ones with superpowers. I loved Happy getting dragged away still. Blam, <laughs> blam, blam. Blam, blam, blam. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely absurd. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else from this one? I mean, it's not like a super heavy episode. I guess my biggest question is, like, will there be another one? This feels like the one that, like, uh, lends itself most easily to a sequel because it's, like, such a popcorn-y, um, popcorn-y concept, Kevin. I don't know if it's the I, most. Captain Carter leads itself. Star Lord, you know, T'Challa, Star Lord. Uh, you would you would love to to see more of that, obviously. Yeah, um, I actually think you know it, it's just I don't think this one lends itself as well to 
real sequels because I well I do think people will would enjoy the world and the characters see, seeing them. I think doing a story is really hard in the context of a zombie world. Uh, see The Walking Dead for ten years. Like mm. at a certain point, like the story is lost because it's just like, well, your your characters have to be stupid sometimes. There has to be like just terrible stuff happening to drive the story. Like you you lose momentum, and it's why zombie stories sort of almost all play very similarly, and why I think the comedy aspect helps because it like brings out the monotony of the same type of stuff you're seeing in the horror over and over again. Uh, it is unfortunate, but like zombies are oversaturated, so it's one that I don't think is actually easily done another story on because it's just like the story will just kind of be the, the same and i don't think it'll be anything interesting where as the others i think open a lot of realms of possibilities again there's a lot to do with agent carter in the present day there's a lot with nick fury forming a new avengers after the original died there's a lot with star lord in space and how other things are affected so i do think there's a lot of potential in those other universes more so than the zombie one unfortunately yeah but i think that uh this is going to be, uh, it's like low-hanging fruit. I think it's going to be too hard to resist doing another zombie, especially like when you start getting into maybe like phase four uh, and beyond, and there's like new heroes to pull from. Like, how's uh, this for a segue as we're beginning the segueing process? Like a Shang-Chi versus the zombies would be really, really great. I, I would actually love a, a, a shift up of different monsters. Like instead of giving us, this is zombies. Like, what if werewolves is next season, right? What like, if what, what if, if vampires, vampires to right? tie like it back that. to YA and yeah, Kevin Maidea and Melissa Woodward talking about <laughs> Twilight at the start of the YA run? Um, yeah, I mean, I would love. I mean, but we're also going to get canonical vampires not terribly long from now in the form of exactly, Blade, which gives so. it potential to do something crazy I guess. to start that off. I guess before we actually get vampires. I guess some I other efforts always trying to ice skate uphill. Oh my god! All right, so I I really loved What If Zombies. I thought it was great. I don't like have like a critical thing to say about it. It was just a fun yeah. time, and that was really exciting to like just be like, oh sweet, I could fully turn my brain off and just totally enjoy this one that was a really lovely way to to start my wednesday when the rest of the day went to shit so uh <laughs> getting to see uh what if zombies was a was a was a total delight uh, a high point a real treat of my week uh another high point of my week was seeing shang chi and the legend of the ten rings uh, for the second twice. time seeing it twice we're gonna talk about that next uh let us give you a little bit of breathing room if you want to get out of the podcast now now would be the time to do so if you have not seen shang chi yet we'll be back next week we're going to do what if six we're going to do why the last man fx on hulu uh so uh get get pumped for that that's gonna be really really fun who knows what what if is going to do next week that's going to be the podcast next week we're going to talk about shang chi for the rest of this one Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Kevin. Now we're going to talk about Shang-Chi. And so this is from the perspective of people who have seen Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Just to be super clear about that. Spoilers herein. Uh, You get this far, you expect spoilers. This is the part where I tell you, like, as you know from seeing the movie, Howard the Duck is a very important character who saves Mm -hmm. the day and very unexpectedly. Who knew, right? When when that gate opened at the end, no one expected Howard the Duck to walk. Yeah, and he's like, you didn't know that I was the guy who made the Ten Rings? That the homing (laughs) beacon was calling for me? That's also Howard? just. Can you imagine the very end? What is this beacon for? It's just like Howard the Duck. It's for going, Howard. Oh. Yeah. That was a weird for, anticlimactic. For uh, that, for more, point. for a lot longer than a thousand years. Yeah, I'm pretty old. I've been I do have, for a while. I do have. Quack quack quack. Theories about that beacon thing and and other stuff I'd love to talk about as of well. Of course. That um, is really interesting, but. Uh, We'll I mean, get into I that. Seen I mean, the movie twice, so sure. uh, I, you know, I haven't seen it twice like you. Uh, well, I, I, I felt uh, I had I saw it on Thursday night last week. I saw it opening night. I saw it at six p.m. and it was so great to be at an opening night uh, movie theater event in like a really, uh, for my uh, experience, like a pretty lightly um, attended theater both times. Uh, certainly uh, really lightly attended the second time. But the movie still obviously did incredibly well, uh, really exceeded a lot of expectations. Um, So good on uh, Shang-Chi and the the whole cast and crew involved in in bringing this to life. And I think really well-deserved. I really like this movie a lot. I really, 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 really enjoyed Shang-Chi. I really thought it it was just a blast Um, you know, a really good emotional story, like the father and son stuff that's going on between Wenwu and Shang-Chi, and just, like, the idea of, like, legacy and, like, marching into that and the ways in which, like, you take the best and the worst parts of what came before you and you you find your way through that, hopefully, for for many of us. Um, I just thought, I don't know. I have a, I, I could gush about it for a really long time. I really, really liked it. I thought it was such a, such a good time. Uh, I was really excited to check it out for a second time. I was, it was both, like, because I wanted to kind of, like, refresh myself before we podcasted, Kevin, but also because I was like, well, there's a two o'clock showing down the street, like so. I just did it, and I, I, I loved it. I, I loved it. Uh, I loved it the first time through, and I loved it the second time through. Um, I'd love to just get your like baseline takes on going and checking the movie out. So I, this is this is this is interesting. I, there's a lot I really like about this movie. I think the strongest parts of this movie to me are the cast and certain dynamics of of the characters. I really loved. The story, especially uh, between him and his dad, I thought was done uh, really well. Um, I you, really the dad as a bad guy, I think, was uh, Wen Wu as as a bad guy was 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 excellent. Tony um, Leung thought, as yeah. Wen Wu, Marvel trying to to do uh, their version of the Mandarin that is not Ben Kingsley, though we will have to talk about right. Ben Kingsley as well. Yeah, and so like these are like I thought that was really great. I thought the action. Uh, when they really leaned into the martial arts was incredible. The bus scene is amazing. So the good. The bus is so good. I, I, I feel like 
I have a lot. So like all of that's good. The casting itself is amazing. I love, uh, I love Shang-Chi as like essentially like a California bro. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. I love the friendship between him and Katie. I love that they didn't lean too hard into romance, even though they tried to at the end, because I'm sure some executive somewhere has to be like, you well, you have to hint at it. Yeah, uh, but you like, could certainly you could certainly read it that way. Like I definitely still read it as like these two are like the best friends on the planet. Yes, and you I know, love like, that. Just yeah. have that, please. Thank you. That would be great. Yeah. Um. So like I love that. Uh, I love Aquafina. She was so uh, funny, and I she's one so of my funny. one of my first thoughts. Kevin was like, "Listen, I love Haley Steinfeld, and I'm psyched for Kate Bishop, but like just have Katie be the next Hawkeye. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like give it to her. I mean, so. So that part is weird, right? Though, like, the, the, I mean, that's typical of so many movies. Of course, like, yeah. That here, that suddenly the, like, she's like the most evil-eyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. yeah, to the point that she's essentially, you know, uh, the, the the last act of the movie and this is my part turned into Lord of the Rings, or rather, The Hobbit, very right. literally. And she be, yes. just became Bard shooting that arrow yeah. into the dragon. Yeah. But like, those are the things I really loved a lot. I had a lot of, not a lot. I had issues with some of the plot points right like some of the elements that happened um as much as like the more i sat with it and the more i thought about it the more i'm just like we got too much trevor and like i love one I love thousand percent and uh i posited I, this in the post show recaps patron discord where i was like i really loved that movie i really did not enjoy trevor being in it um yeah and, and for me uh, that's that's um, I think this is I think you and I may be inhabiting uh, like a minority opinion. I'm not sure. I, I, I share it. I definitely do. I'm, I'm glad we're on on the same page. But like I, I'm sorry to like the real Trevor lovers. But like I didn't need it. Aquafina was funny enough on her own. Yeah. We don't need to throw a, a court jester into this. And, and like Simu like, Liu is really four, funny, too. Right? Like, like we don't need it. Thing. I, when I first walked out, I was really happy. I was just like, oh, man, so much Trevor. And, like, he's amusing. And, like, uh, I know my fiance was not as into that um, because she also loves Trevor. But was just like, but. And, it went, and like, talking about it, I'm like, she's right, though. And the more I sat with it, the more I'm just like, he didn't need to be there. And who was he there for except to, like, you could the, the scene where they had the conversation at dinner uh, about the name the Mandarin, I think, was enough to talk about that. Yes. And then when you bring it in, it, yes. just, it was just too much. And I think, like, that it, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. So, but I think, like, that's the reality of that situation especially. Yeah. I have to admit, so the first time I saw it, and this is another reason why I wanted to watch it a second time, is, like, I had to pee very badly. And so I got up. <laughs> At like what I you felt was weak bladder. Josh. Oh, so bad. And I felt like I had like uh, I had, I felt like I timed this pretty well. It's like I could sense like a moment like uh, they just like brought Shang Chi and Katie uh, into like the prison holding cell uh, after like they decide mm -hmm. like no, we don't want to go to Talo. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I think I can get away with like a quick minute because uh, the bathroom's right across the hall. I'm gonna be able to do it. So I did it. And I come back and Trevor's on screen. Uh, and so, like, uh, suddenly... <laughs> like, how suddenly, did that happen? And so suddenly Ben Kingsley is in the movie. And, like, I guess, like, I figured, okay, I can make the leap. I understand that uh, he probably got imprisoned uh, after pretending to be the Mandarin, and so now he's here. Uh, but, like, it was so jarring for me because there was, like, none of the setup for me. And so, like, I then wanted to go back and I wanted to watch it because, like, I was so sour on Trevor the first time through. It was like, try and chill out, Wiggler. 
watch the thing, see if it plays any better. You didn't even really see how he just showed up for you. And then he kind of just shows up in the movie also. Yeah, like they're literally in the up. cell and he just starts groaning because he's pretend like he's he's preparing his um uh his line reads and he's just there and he just like expo dumps why he's there like yep we didn't need it i really didn't need it some people really really liked it um i don't want to like take anything away from what what does uh katie call him like that uh that chicken pig or whatever that morris is um who who i love i loved the morris character i thought morris was really really fun and i'm glad to to have had that but like was there a way to have that without having uh, Trevor, because I I love probably, the use of though, yeah. I love the it use of Ben was. Kingsley in Iron Man three. I'm a huge defender of of the Trevor twist. I think it's great, Same. but I feel like now we're like we're like going back to the well in like the way that like um uh what we were just talking about with with what if zombies like sequels are hard. Uh, comedy mm-hmm. sequels are really hard, and so like Trevor's a comedic character ultimately, right? Like he's a punchline. Um, and now like you're trying to do the hangover part two, which is always going to be worse than the hangover part one. And so I feel like for me, um, expanding the punchline into like a character in the movie, we never needed to see Trevor ever again. And now like, I don't know, like, I just hope that we're not doing like, um, alligator Loki with Trevor and like the, the stands are going to come out. I, I don't think we are. I hope we're not right. It was, I, and, and another aspect I liked is that including Trevor, like, really just also emphasized, like, the only white character in this film is Razor Fist, basically, which I yeah. thought was very fun, mind you. Like, I thought that was cool. Um, but, yeah, it's just... So there's that, you know, the, the Trevor at all. And I, I also agree. I hope we don't see more from him in the future. I For a hot second, though, when it looked like he died, I did get upset. And I was glad that he didn't. Um, yeah, I don't, but, I'm not uh, asking for him to die. Yeah. I'm just asking for him to not be in it. Yeah, to not be in it. Yeah, agreed. Um, the other part that did bug me, and this is one of those just like, I don't know, man. Like I like I'm I'm in I'm in the industry too deep, and like it I it just sticks to me, especially in this context. There's no reason for them to have been in Macau except the Chinese market. Like that's it. Like yeah. that that sequence had no purpose because like the whole thing is he went there to go meet his sister because a postcard was sent to him and he's like, it must have been sent by my sister, so I'm going to go there to warn her. So he goes there to warn her and then it's just like, oh, the dad already set it up so he'd be on the way to get them and then sent assassins to, to, to fight them but then was there anyway so the assassins didn't need to be there to then just pick them up and leave to take them somewhere else. So the entire sequence did not need to exist because they each could have been picked up separately. Like he could have been captured in San Francisco, go to the complex and his sister's captured and they reconnect there. Easily done. The entire set piece only exists so that you have that like Transformers style Chinese market thing. Like, and it's glaringly obvious to me. And it was just this moments where I'm like, this is unfortunate, especially cause like the action beats were, it was fun to see Wong and abomination, but like unnecessary. And, like, showing his sister be a badass, you could do that anywhere else as well, so unnecessary. Yeah. And, like, as much as I love a scaffolding bamboo fight sequence, I have seen a lot of those in my life. And, like, I feel like we've seen scaffolding fights even in the Marvel Universe. So it becomes, like, an entire sequence that felt, like, worthless almost. And I was just like, man, this really this really sticks to me badly. But I don't know. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, that, that part's the rough part for me. 
I that's that's interesting to me because I I love that whole sequence. Like the the big the biggest issue that I had with that sequence was that like they really basically gave us all of the Wong and Abomination stuff in the trailer, which is such a strong argument for Kevin's no trailers policy because they just completely gave us the entirety basically of Wong yep. and Abomination. The only thing they didn't give us was that they were in cahoots. Uh, that, you know, it was like a, it was just like a stunt fight, basically. Um, and I guess I'm curious to know, like, okay, uh, Emil Blonsky's back. I, I don't know if I needed that, but I wanted that. And so, like, in what context is... And they're working uh, together, I guess. Yeah, He's you like know, like, so... you're just... In, okay. a, in, a, in a world where he's out and, and you know, Bruce Banner is smart now, like, you know, Hulk is smart now, rather, or I don't know, we didn't have smart Hulk, we just had Bruce Banner. In any event, um, like, what is Abomination's deal? Is he, is he like, you know, Hulk and Wong are tight, so are Hulk and Abomination okay? Like, how, how does Which that all Which would make no sense to me, right? That'd be so weird. I did, a lot I of did time also, has passed. A lot of time yeah, has passed. I did also like that, yeah, I did notice that this is the first time we've gotten Bruce Banner in, in a minute because, like, we only had Hulk and Professor Hulk. So, like, either they didn't want to do CG again or, like, he's able to switch back and forth much easier and is, like, comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, I do like that his hand is still effed up, and it really implies that his, that hand is, like, done, which makes sense, right? Because, like, you used Infinity Gauntlet. Like, ooh, that's going to leave a lasting mark, even if you're the Hulk. Uh, so I did like that. Or that at least that. it's going to take, uh, you know, more than a year or two. You know? Right. Like, it's going to take him a long time to, to repair it's gonna that. It's going to take a minute. Um, I, so, like, those, I just, those I think, parts, you know... I think it's a lot of like the it's all connected man stuff was not my favorite. And like it's few and far between. Trevor is the glaring uh, example of it. But like the Wong and Abomination thing was just like maybe like and for some people like this, is you know, this is the stuff that like, you know, they they really love the most, I think, uh, is like a lot of the like, how does this all fit in uh, greater stuff? And I often really, really like that. But I thought that the movie was at its best when it was operating on its own terms uh, and where it really just felt like this very intensely personal family story yes. uh, with incredibly heightened, amazing action um, fueling it. And so, like, the Macau scenes for me, like, mostly kept that vibe. And so, like, I was I was pretty uh, great with it. Like, I was thrilled through it. Like, um, you know, like sort of like the like the pit of my stomach sort of like feeling as like uh, as people are like falling and like the like the height variance and stuff um, in that scaffolding fight scene. So I really enjoyed it uh, to each their own. Like if, if it wasn't your bag, like I'm uh, it wasn't like so slam dunk for me that I'd be like, how could you not like the Macau stuff? Because I think that there's a lot better action in the movie. Like if we were to like rank right. out all of the action scenes in the film, well, you I think just like train had, like, scene the, has to go number the, one. Yeah, the the bus sequence is incredible. Sorry, right? bus scene. And yes, like, and like I yeah, I mean I I you know again the action there was cool, and I think I would have probably been not as hard on the Macau stuff if I just didn't have that like glaringly like this is just because of like the the movie standard now. Like if that wasn't the case, I think I maybe would have been a little more okay with it. I still think it could have been again. You could have caught like a tighter story could have been done. Uh, but yes, uh, the family stuff is the strongest part for me. I love the family stuff. Uh, the parts are like where it gets weird, where it is like the ending part, right? Where you're just like, ooh, dragons, what? And then you have like, it's called Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. And it's really not about the Ten Rings at all. We get nothing right. about the Ten Rings. Like where it's like, where'd they come from? Oh, that's for the future. Uh, well, which is yeah. fine. Which yeah. is fine. 
But, like, the powerful stuff to me was that family stuff, right? Like, the stuff about, like, him and his sister I thought was really good. I loved it. I love the fact that it's just like, no, I did kill that guy <laughs> when he was younger. I thought was really good. Uh, the, the conflict with his dad is really solid. There's so much of all of that that I think works so well, so well, um, that, like, you know, the broader stuff again. And I'm not saying I don't like this movie. I really like the movie. I like the movie a lot. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, it's one of those things where... Ah, I, I it's it's close to Doctor Strangey almost. Where now that we've had this, I'm excited to see him interact with the other Marvel characters because I want his like I want him and Katie's like weird California Bros vibe to be hitting with the other characters because I think that's really fun. I loved yeah. him when he had that vibe to him. Like when when he kind of went into the the, the situation, he kind of had to become at times the like kind of like somber, just like oh man, life. I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I know you have to be like that right now. But, like, the moment he, like, starts freaking out when Morris shows up or he's, like, making, like, the jokes, like, he, 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 has, that, he has that personality shine through again is where I like it. And I'm not saying he can never be somber, right? Like, the stuff with his dad is understandably so. But he's really got me excited to be like, I want to see him interacting with the others and have that vibe, like, bouncing off the other uh, Marvel characters. Yeah, uh, I... I really loved um, this. You know, we were talking last week about Doctor Strange because it was very relevant with the What If episode and how one of the things that that movie, um, that first Doctor Strange movie made do that's like sort of like frustrating is like, we are like we don't want a Doctor Strange origin, or at least like he doesn't work as well there. He works he works a little bit better when there's a bit of a of an information imbalance uh, with yes. Doctor Strange, where he knows a little more than we do, and so we get to like be like flies on the wall for like his process and like uh, finding things out as he shows it to us. Like that's really fun with Doctor Strange, and like what I liked about the structure of this movie, it's not that like Shang Chi himself is like that level that I'm describing with with Doctor Strange of like what I want from Stephen Strange is for him to know most of the stuff and then we find out um but like there was this like sort of like information imbalance like this ca cascading like information imbalance quality to the film Kevin where like um you know like we know that Shang-Chi is uh is Wenwu's son and like is like you know descends from Tao Lo and all of this stuff very very early on it's like the first stuff in the film and I'll say that, like, that whole opening sprawl of the movie, like, that whole Wenwu sequence um, through, like, Shang-Chi Shang as Sean, like, hitting the alarm clock in the morning. like Which I also love that, by the way, that they did the, like, your American name thing. I, I adored. That you change it from Shang to Sean? It's like if your name <laughs> yeah. is Michael and you go, Michael. Or yeah, if you're Gina, great. now you're Gina. It was so really funny. So um, funny. But that whole sequence was was really amazing. But then, like, for the next, like, you know, 15 minutes of movie or however long it is until the bus fight, um, you don't know how much Shang-Chi knows. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, it, I, I think it was just enough for me where I was like, uh, like I wasn't sure, like, is this going to be like a I'm learning my destiny type of a story or, uh, or what? And, like, it then becomes clear, like, uh, like, oh, no, I've been on the run for, like, 10 years. When like, he throws that first punch, oh, it's so good. And I think, it's like, so it just good. makes it, it's, it's like, you know, it's like Spider-Man unmasking or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's this moment yeah. of, of, like, uh, like, no, nah, yeah, I'm, like, really good at, like, fighting and stuff, and I've definitely killed a guy. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. I feel like the, the turn there, I really like, and I love that when he finally starts to fill Katie in, um, that we don't like, we don't get like a retread of, of any, like we just now, like, because 
the movie knows we've seen it up to this point. You know, like they start like the story from like where we had left off with um with with his flashback. So I know that like there was some uh some chatter that I saw about like too much flashback content in this movie. I actually there structurally was a lot. There was, but I really structurally enjoyed the way that we learned that stuff. I thought it was really, really I did, too. I know that my fiancé is, is on the there's a little bit too many flashbacks uh, train yeah. on this one, but uh, I was okay with it. I, and yeah, it, 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 I, I totally understand where other people are coming from saying that. Um, but uh, I will say the other thing, sorry, about the fight sequence, too, because obviously this is a, my, the biggest martial arts film Marvel has done. Uh, is that I, it sucks that honestly the best fight sequence happens in the beginning, right? Because like there's nothing that comes comes close to that train or the bus sequence, um, and it is unfortunate that the bus did everything right about like how a fight sequence could be. You've heard me talk about the environment being a key factor in these moments, and absolutely the environment of that bus played a key factor in that fight. And unfortunately, the ending fight sequence just became like. Almost like a DC movie where I was just like, were you watching two dragons fight? And then like, he's like hopping around. Like it was, it, it was very, very odd that it, unfortunately, like it, it veered from a martial arts film into too far into the superhero realm without finding that balance of martial arts meets superhero at the ending fight, which is in my opinion, unfortunate, especially because there were so many awesome fights before that. Yeah, the final fight might be, like, a little bit CGI fest heavy, um, but I think that a lot of, like, the the energy behind it really worked for me. Like, the fact that, that uh, Shang-Chi and Wenwu had their, uh, had their, like, climactic moment there, and that it's, like, coming straight off of um, his father, like, finally looking upon him as a father for the first time since he was a kid. Uh, and, like, as his soul is being removed, he has that, like that look of like a proud parent that like you always hope to get and you don't always ever get it. And like, he gets it in that final moment. And it like, is this feeling of like um, the torch being passed, the legacy being passed and like do better than I did type stuff um, that I felt like the way that, uh, that it's played from that point forward by Simu Liu uh, and playing Shang-Chi and the rest of the film is like, he's like, he doesn't have time to be upset about what just happened. Uh, what he, what he does now is like, I need to be whole now. Like I need to like embody, like I'm, I'm already trying to like avenge my mom right now, but now like, um, like now I need to like embody my father as well. And like, I feel like there's a wholeness to him from that moment forward that carries in like his performance through all of like the CGI schlock that I, I really found, uh, compelling, um, and captivating. I think I'm just really, really excited to have him in the MCU. Uh, oh, 100%. I also love that this actor. Is an in- you know, like I said, this Kim is an incredible character. I'm a big fan of it, so I, I liked a lot of that. I will say, and this isn't for this movie, but this happens in so many other movies, like where he exists in a world with uh, the Avengers. His he, he he's, he's known his dad has magical rings that, like, shoot energy. And when his dad's like, I've been hearing the voice of uh, my, our, our dead mother, their response is like, that's crazy, dad. And I'm like... I don't know, man. It's possible. It Look is at the possible. world you're living yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you're really dismissing this like outright, really hard. Knowing the world you live in, you should have given it a little bit. Like, yes, it ended up wrong, but he could have been right. Like, you no don't doubt. Know. You Until you got to Tao Lo, you had no idea. Yeah, um, but I like that this movie leaves a few things open. I think there's a lot of Tello uh, mythology that is yet to be explored. Um, I I actually really like that we don't know what the hell the Ten Rings are because now, like, 
all that you need is like you know because i think like to get to like sort of like the humanity of Wenwu as a character um to like sort of like even mention like his connection to being the mandarin or that like he's sometimes like he's been known as uh as uh, as khan the conqueror right like you know like these allusions to his role throughout history that these are almost like um like afterthoughts i think like you like kind of are able to like cut through the mythology surrounding this guy's 1000 year life and just get to like a guy who is like brokenhearted about like the only woman he ever loved like in his like years of like his millennia of 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 uh of war and and all of that um which and I, so again I, I really like that part a lot you know like as motivation goes like i loved it that's why i think as a villain he's actually a very very strong villain yeah and i and i and i i think that the like the mystery around the ten rings still like plays into that like the fact that they're like some say he like found it from a crater or like someone forged it like the the whole origin of the ten rings being a thing i think is 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 totally fine in the context of the movie and i think is really really great both for the m c u potentially moving forward as well as for shang chi specifically that now that he's like kind of like activated into like quasi avenger status by the end of this movie um that like he is now like imbued with um like the power of uh those who came before him literally in the case of like now he owns the 10 rings but what the hell is this thing that he owns and where does it come from and what is that going to bring in i think those are really great questions to explore in a sequel and like whatever next big event they're doing it seems like this has a they're, they're setting this up like it has, like, strong ties to, like, the MCU at large, that it is a lot older than a 1,000 years is what uh, Bruce and, and Carol say when they team up with Wong well, and Sean and certainly the Katie. note of finding it in a crater and it has a beacon gave me thoughts. Let's uh, hear them. To say the least. So I we're going into spoiler territory, and I'm going to say I'm about to head into eternal territory. Oh, um, shit. Okay. Yes. Because despite my, like, I don't want to watch trailers, I was in a movie theater and they showed it to my sure. face, which made it and, really difficult. And um, when you when you say spoilers, you mean, like, stuff from the comics or, like, you know, like, he like heavily, like, yes. comic book-based yes. speculation is ahead? Comics, comic speculation and based comic on, spoilers like, yeah, the trailer that was there yeah. and stuff like okay. that. So let's, let's talk because, um, so I enjoyed this movie. I'm really excited about the future. That Eternals trailer, I liked the first one, but it was very much just like, what is this movie? The second one got me pretty excited because I think I know what the movie is. So in, in the trailer for the second one, I don't know if you got the Eternals trailer, if you saw uh, the trailer that was just released. Um, yeah. But there's a line that, that was said about how uh, enough people had vanished, but their return created enough energy for what was called the emergence. Now... I don't know this for a fact, but when that was said, I like sat up in my seat a little bit because this can mean a lot of things. A lot of things that people are predicting about what the Eternals might be about is them essentially fighting evil versions of themselves called the Deviants. Sure, that could be fun, whatever. That wouldn't have got me more as excited. What does get me excited is the fact that we see a Celestial in this trailer in a part of Marvel continuity that is... Uh, like sometimes canon, sometimes not. The way celestials are born. And what are that, celestials again, real quick? So celestials are uh, so that the the like the head of a celestial is that place nowhere where the guardians. Uh, right, hang right, out. right. So they're, they're huge, like, crazy cosmic beings. They're huge cosmic beings. They're essentially gods. 
uh they were the beings that existed if not before this universe but like at the creation of this universe they are extremely powerful and extremely old but celestials exist and are born because essentially a seed is inserted into a planet and will essentially gestate and at a certain point a celestial will emerge from that planet interesting term hmm. emergence so what i think internals is which is got which would be kind of cool is that the celestials who have granted the eternals these powers sent them to earth to essentially be like yo you need to keep this planet from blowing up at any point but otherwise don't interfere in their stuff we need to like wait for this thing to gestate it'll come out and then there that's your job your job is to be here as essentially babysitters for the celestial egg until it hatches and destroys this planet and then seven thousand years later the celestials have lived or the Eternals have lived on Earth and are sort of just like, I don't know, man. I don't want this planet to explode. And it now becomes this idea of them having fallen in love with humanity after 7,000 years. And I think that's really, really cool. And I think that's like that cosmic stuff that they're going to be playing with in Eternals, which leads me to if the, if the Celestials are going to come into play, if the idea that the Celestials are around and that they're doing that with Earth and there's a beacon calling something, I think I... I feel like we talked about this in the Loki podcast, but I'm not 100%. That I was saying, like, I think maybe Kang might be a misdirect. And that Kang is not going to be a big bad. He's going to be in Quantum Mania. He might just be the TV villain. But the real villain that they are leading towards is going to be Galactus. Yeah. And I feel like this beacon with the Ten Rings coming from a crater with the Celestials involved, who Galactus is an equally ancient being, possibly, I think, possibly older than Celestials, coming from a different universe before the universe before this one basically i really think now more than ever galactus is where the end game is for this this entire story uh which is kind of cool and i'm kind of pumped about that so like if anything this movie got me really like jazzed about those potentials yeah we're not seeing Galactus for like a decade, though. Oh no, not for a while, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's gonna yeah. happen for a minute. Is everything is super still headed. happening in ten years? Uh, if I'm alive, I would love it. But yeah, I don't know. and if, and I don't, if Galactus I don't is coming, we'll make me lasting that long. <laughs> we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Um, that would all be supremely cool, and would actually maybe get me fired up for Eternals. I don't think I really care about it yet. See, that trailer got it for me because I'm just like, oh, like if that's the plot line, I think that's awesome. Like, I think the idea of like these godlike beings who essentially were just like, you're here to make sure Earth gets destroyed eventually. And they're just like, okay. And then like 7,000 years later, it's just kind of like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we kind of like these people. And then, you know, it's very, it's very uh, celestial, literally, in terms of like the mythology of like, like, like um, uh, God and stuff, right? Like the idea of like, you know, god creating man and then the arc like lucifer being just like no nah, screw that and then so like michael and earth be like i don't know the, the humans are all right like i think there's some, some cool stuff there yeah um i will be really hyped if we if we start the process of going there i i don't know for whatever reason i just need to get myself a little more booted up for eternals but that's definitely some hype uh hype material so you think that that could be where the like the origin of the rings is like stemming yes. from? it could be like something that like uh like fell off of like uh like like a screw in Galactus's knee is like essentially these ten right, rings. or like yeah. a, or the Celestials like when they came to Earth or sent them to Earth because like the Celestials I think at this point it's they sent the Eternals here, um, so I think a lot of that is going to play into it. I think the rings are definitely going to be part of the big cosmic scale that they're going to be playing with. 
Um, especially when they had that line that maybe they some say they found he found it in a crater, and I was like, yeah, I feel like that's the way they're going. Yeah, um, which would be really cool. Um, I'm hyped about that. I like that a lot. Um, is there anything else from the movie that you want to talk about? Like, do you have any feeling of like? where it would fall uh, on your infinity rankings. Like, did you give any thought into like where you thought this movie could be for you in terms of like uh, where we landed as far as like the list that we are not currently updating until we're giving everything a year. Yeah. And then we we put it officially in the thing. We're giving things time, much like the celestials have to plant an egg in your planet for thousands of years. That's what we're doing. Um, Yeah, that's really tough. I, I feel like I liked it more than Black Widow, ultimately. Um, so I think it's higher than that. But I don't think it's, like, super-duper high. Yeah. Um, or super, or much higher than that for me. Again, there's so much I really, really liked. But there were, like, the little things that were really enjoyable, but it hit the level of, like, a lot of the other Marvel stuff that we've experienced before. And this yeah. stuff happens, right? Like, I think... I think a lot of characters have like some first movie jitters and, and it's, it's, it's almost universal um, that that happened. I think the only one that maybe it doesn't is like guardians where it's like the first movie, you know, just kind of hit it out. the comes gate, out swinging. Like, yeah. Yeah. All the others I think do have some like wobbly legs to start uh, from Dr. Strange to Captain Marvel to even Captain America to, you know, Iron Man was, was solid. Iron Man is great, but it was also the first. And even looking back, I was just like, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I but, know. You know. That's how you felt. Thor won. Let's not even talk about Thor. Like, sure, of course. I mean, this blows the original Thor out of the water. And I think for me, it is, uh, I would say that it is, I would rate it higher than Iron Man. And, um, well, I, I rated Captain America the first Avenger and Iron Man the same. Like a five, I think what I had said was like five for actual earned quality in first Avenger and then five for like historical value bump uh, for Iron Man. Uh, and then I had had Captain Marvel as a four and a half as like my next highest score when we did uh, the rankings of the full Infinity Saga. Um, and so Iron Man being five and First Avenger both being five, like I feel like Shang-Chi is like at least a five for me in terms of like actual earned quality. Like I just think it was really, really great. And I think it's probably a little bit higher than that. So I think that I would have it like either right at my top 10 uh, or like ju- like on one side or the other, but like by one position. I think it's like 11, 10, or 9 for me. I really, 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 really enjoyed the movie. And I think the thing that holds me back the most is just like there, there was sometimes like a feeling of like we can't trust the movie to just totally stand on its own. We have to like infuse some Marvel into it. We got to bring Trevor in. Uh, we got to have Wong and, and Abomination. And like, I, I wish that they'd like trusted the the movie a little bit more than that, because I think it was, it was, it was so captivating all the way through for me. So I think I would have it like pretty close to my top 10 looking at the, at the, at the full lineup right now. I think for me, it it's, it's probably not that high. And I think for, for again, for me, the biggest problems that I have with the movie all stem from essentially parts of the plot, right? And the plot structure and how to play it out. And that's like, I have criticisms for Marvel movies as a whole. I think the strongest parts of the movies were, again, the casting, the characters, and how those characters interplayed with each other. I thought the acting was phenomenal. I, again, I, I love the interplay between Shung and, 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 uh, and Kathy, right? Like, it's so good. To, like, their relationship was phenomenal. And here's the thing about it, right? Here's ultimately where it's landing, I think, in a broader context. My complaints about the plot are about the plot and, like, the writing and, like, you know, the, how it all came together. 
But the fact of the matter is, this so long we don't get movies like this because the complaint is that Asian characters can't lead films. This is a, almost an entirely Asian cast. We have seen that with Crazy Rich Asians, with the characters are a compelling part. I think this like puts a nail in that ridiculous coffin because like the strongest parts of this were those characters, were the yeah, actors, sure. were the way yep. they interplayed. So the idea that you can't have a good movie or tell a story that's you know not even story but like have the characters be compelling is psychotic because like you give also an equally good script to these actors they are gonna be amazing and that's the point is that the idea that it that you couldn't have asians carry a film because what would be the reason that like we don't want to see them or they're not going to be as good is insane they were incredible they were all the actors were so good in this so I think more more than anything else, that's my takeaway from this, is that the problems that exist for me are plot problems, which are going to happen in any movie, but the strongest things were the cast, and to see these the, this cast interact with each other and play these characters and embody these characters and have such good interplay with each other is, like, great, is amazing, and, like, I, I feel like should really shut up a lot of those complaints that have come before about who can lead a movie and who can't. Yeah, shutting that shit down uh one badass bus bus boy yes. battle at a time <laughs> like that fight honestly that bus fight that was one, one of the of coolest the things fights. i've seen in so long right. it was so in, great like, and it was so of born movies, of character just uh, like the way he keeps checking in with his friend and the way that like uh and then cliff who's like videoing the whole thing yeah oh uh, my god i can that listen i look look mad respect to obviously the man who came before love always to, to stand the man. But this guy needs to be the new Stan Lee. Put this uh, man in all the movies. <laughs> he is now the character who's showing up somehow. He's always there to like either tell Spider-Man to do a backflip or something. Just, yeah. I want him to be the cameo now. Yeah, I would be pretty happy about that as well. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of that actor. But he had a really fun bit role on season two of Succession. And I, I hope that... <laughs> HBO was smart enough to bring him back for season three coming up in a, in a couple of weeks here. Um, yeah, I think that this, uh, this is another one of those cases where like um, I expect like Dr. Strange two will be better than Dr. Strange one. I expect that uh, Captain Marvel two will be better than Captain Marvel one. And I expect that Shang-Chi two will be better than Shang-Chi one. But like the, the big difference there for me is like uh, like for me, like, there's just no question that Shang-Chi was like an excellent movie, like a really, really, really super fun time. Um, like I think like I could quibble with certain aspects of Captain Marvel and I've definitely like taken severe issue with a lot of Dr. Strange and even the Ant-Man movies. Like I have like enjoyed to have, they're obviously slight, like this was really rich. There was a lot of text in here. Like it was very rewarding going back and watching it a second time. And like I could I could easily imagine if not for the fact that we're in the world that we're in right now, I could imagine the world where I'm just like at some point in the next couple of days going back and just like sitting down and hanging out with that movie again. It's a great vibe. Uh Shang-Chi is just like an incredibly incredibly welcoming exciting interesting vibe uh that and an was, amazing soundtrack I will oh also so, point it out. sounded so good yeah mm-hmm. it really did um so i dug it i dug it a lot uh i'll be really excited to to rewatch that at some point once it, once it hits streaming i will i will for sure be putting that on yeah um, and it's again it's great to be back into a point of the marvel universe that feels has forward momentum I mean, we mentioned this right with Black Widow that I just it felt so out of place into the spot it was in. 
And, like, I feel like there's momentum back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe again, especially, like, obviously with the tease at the end. There's just, it feels like there's places to go, like, once more. And, like, there's a future on the horizon that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I think to your point, by the way, just, like, to tie it back to the Eternals thing, is that initially it was going to be Black Widow and then Eternals. So, like, Shang-Chi, like, comes before Eternals, but it was not always going to be that way, I'm pretty sure. Um, So, like, does the Shang-Chi post-credits scene... Um, play differently or make more sense or have like a companion based on whatever happens in Eternals. Um, I think uh, so. You're I, I really like your instinct on uh, the the connectivity of uh, of those two projects for for that one. Yeah, um, and I hope so because that that stuff sounds dope and it gets me really pumped about that'd like, be cool. that'd how be it's cool. all gonna fit in. That'd be really cool. Um, anything else on the Shang Chi front? Wenwu would rank really really high on our villain rankings, no doubt. Yeah, he like he's a really great compelling villain because I think he it's it's tricky because he also borderlines someone who we we know is a bad person, but like the type of villainy that we've seen isn't like extreme because they they gloss over a lot of his like extremely horrible acts at the beginning. Um so like he's very compelling, but he skirts the line almost to be like, "Well, is he really that bad?" <laughs> Which is a dangerous place for the for your well. Villain, we need right? to like, we need to know more about what happened in those thousand years, and right, also exactly. like the and is he so bad? Yeah, he trains his son who has that's, watched that's, his mother die bad. to that's be an assassin <laughs> and sends him to kill the person responsible for killing his mother, and doesn't even have the like wherewithal to give him uh, to like put him in therapy. He just lets him <laughs> run around the world, and he's keeping tabs on him. But like that's but is it. Isn't really that bad. He's at the very <laughs> least, he's a bad dad, very bad dad, <laughs> if not a bad guy, uh, for sure. <laughs> All right, lesson learned. If, if I like, I, I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, some uh, great examples in this movie of like what not to do uh, when you have a kid. I also just to uh, on the point of casting. Uh, you know, Simu Liu is so good. I really loved, like, the kid who played Shang-Chi, like, during, like, a lot of, like, that kid stuff. I thought he was really, really great. And I feel like, like, I've I've been talking about this on a couple of podcasts recently, uh, most recently Down the Hatch, The Lost podcast with Mike Bloom, about how, like, how kid acting, I actually believe that, how kid acting can make or break something, right? Like, you get, like, a really transcendent mm-hmm. kid, and it's going to yeah. be really great. You get a really bad kid, and it's going to be really bad. You get bad. Haley Joe Osment in uh, Sixth Sense, or you get that kid from Once Upon a Time, and it's just like, ooh. Yeah, and so, like, I I think in the case of uh, of of the the kids who, who played the younger versions of the main characters in this, like, it wasn't, like, at that, like, you know, transcendent level by any stretch, but I thought they were, like, really, really good and, like, helped me, like, stay in the story because, like, so much of the emotional uh, core of the film is like what happened to them as as children, like both like once they like, the you know, the moment that they lost their mother, but also like the fallout from, um, you know, their father processing his grief and inflicting that upon them. Um, like you really have to cast that stuff well, too. And I thought that they, they did a really good job there all across the board. The, the casting was amazing. Really great time at the movies. Uh, I will uh, when Shang-Chi is streaming and more people have been able to see it. Like, I think uh, I would love to revisit the movie because I just think that there's a lot here. I think that there's a lot we can continue talking about. So uh, I definitely don't want this to be the final time we talk about this movie. Um, 
All right, but I think that that's going to be it for everything is super. I think we're going to call it this week. Not forever. Jeez. Oh, my God. The way I yeah, made it Yeah, you made it really sound like Well, guys, was this it, was the guys. last episode. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed the shows. We're going It's an abrupt ending, but we're going to... We're going to leave with just a couple of weeks to spare before that one-year anniversary of the Post Show Recaps <laughs> Patreon. Now is the time to go, because uh, that's, you know, we don't want to do any... Yeah, we're, gonna, we're here. We're hanging out. We're here every week. We're going to have more stuff for you. Next week, we're going to do What If 6. We're going to do Why the Last Man, as we said. I'm so really, really about that. I'm so excited. Really excited. It's going to be really, really fun. Uh, and I'm loving that we're getting this chance to uh, explore uh, conversationally. Kevin, I love talking about the Marvel stuff, but it'll be fun for you and me to talk about something uh, pretty different. Uh, I yeah. think it'll be, it'll be a really great time for a comic book that both you and I really, really enjoy. It um, is one of my favorite comics of all time, I think, hands down. When you were saying, like, people recommend this, I'm like, it was my go-to. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've read it, and uh, depending on, like, is the show really good, it may, like, fire me up to, like, want to go back and read it, or, like, is the show not so good, then I may, like, be either turned off by it, or I will want to uh, not read anything having to do with Why the Last Man for a minute. So, oh, um, man. I, ooh, I, yeah, I, I love Brian K. Vaughn way too much to ever not. I have, uh, I think I have the first trade signed by him along with the first trade of Saga and a few other things. He's easily one of my favorite comic book writers. Yeah, yeah, he's a legend. Uh, so we'll talk about that next week. Um, hit us up on the Twitter bots at Kev Mahadeo is Kevin. I am at Round Howard. Uh, get your feedback in super at post show recaps dot com kevin what else you got going on what else you want to tell the people about uh well there's the ya podcast that we talked about earlier um i do D uh on uh twitch twitch.tv slash dm philly on tuesday nights sometimes i'm there with the dragonfly crew sometimes not yet but one time maybe with josh as we do D in space and on sundays i'm there sometimes as well to do kings of neon a uh a very different type of rpg uh system that is run there that's really fun um and uh yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything else there's not 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 a, not a ton uh happening we're watching uh only murders in the building on hulu yeah very very enjoyable show really like that so i guess if i'm gonna plug something i'll plug that one for this week uh highly recommend it steve martin uh martin short and uh, Selena Gomez just she's so good, all all incredible. God, that show is so so fantastic. I've so only watched fantastic. the first two, but I really really loved it. Uh, so oh, it's so good. You're you're actually at a really funny point. I I would recommend ending the the next episode because you'll want to start the next one immediately. Okay, with, with, great. With something that they do in it, it's really good. Yeah, that's on Hulu. It's a really really good show if you're just looking for something to watch. Antonio Mazzaro is also a fan. He and I have been talking about it a tiny bit. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely check that one out. Um, and follow Kevin, as mentioned, at Kev Mahadeo. Yeah, give, uh, give me those follows. Give, give, give me those numbers. <laughs> give him a follow. Before we close things out, let's take one last second to thank our sponsors for this episode of Poster Recaps, our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. That's everything is super. We'll be back next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.